word, then stopped. It wasn't Anna. He could see that now. Anna McKenna was in her 80s, but aging didn't change a person's looks as much as that. Chet Leonard, aren't you a sight for sore eyes? His gaze moved a few steps beyond the woman in the wheelchair. A grin split his face. This was Nana Anna. Older, yes, from the last time he was with her, but he would know that smile and those merry blue-gray eyes anywhere. Not to mention that dark red hair, which these days came from a bottle. A few quick strides carried him to her, and without any forethought, he lifted her feet off the floor as he gave her a tight hug. She laughed. He recognized that about her, too. Setting her on her feet again and holding her at arm's length, he said, You made it here fine, I see. Of course I did. She patted her collarbone. And my, my, I swear you grew taller since I last saw you. I doubt it. I stopped growing years ago, Nana Anna. Color bloomed in her cheeks. Goodness gracious, it's good to be called that to my face again. I've missed it. He held out his hand to take her small carry-on. Let's go down to baggage claim. I assume you've got some bags checked. I do, indeed. Chet took Anna by the crook of her arm, and they walked toward the escalator. Can't believe how much this airport has changed, Anna said on the ride down. He looked around. Yeah, guess it's a lot different from the last time you were here. I expect more than this airport's different. Time marches on. Chet nodded. They stepped off the escalator in companionable silence and followed other passengers toward the luggage carousels. You want to sit down while we wait? He asked her. No, thank you. Been sitting too many hours as it is. Need some movement in my giddy-up. He grinned, remembering Anna as she'd been 30 years ago, before she married Walter Cunningham and moved to Florida. Already in her 50s, which had seemed ancient to Chet at the time, she'd been as active and hardworking as any man they had on the ranch. She could ride a horse all day, make a campfire, sleep on the ground, mend fences, and fix a mean breakfast. Chet? Yes? I know I said it over the phone, but I want you to know how sorry I am about all that's happened to you in the last few years. Rick and Marsha and all. He nodded, words caught in his throat. He'd learned there was no escaping the sadness when it swept over him. He could go days without consciously thinking about the son who died in a car crash, or the marriage that had ended despite his attempts to salvage it. But the memories and the heartache were there all the same, hidden in a deep corner of his heart. Anna laid a wrinkled hand on his forearm. One day at a time, Chet. That's all God asks of any of us. Just one day at a time. Chet nodded again. The warning light flashed and a loud beep sounded. Then the conveyor belt went into motion. A short while later, bags appeared and plopped onto the oval-shaped carousel. What am I looking for? Chet asked. 
Two purple bags with a bright red band around each one. Black suitcases, green duffel bags, small and large boxes. One after another dropped into view. And then, at last, the awaited purple bags. The color was brighter than any other he'd seen so far. Appropriate for the colorful, much-beloved Nana Anna. At the start of their drive north, Anna expressed amazement at how much Boise had grown in the years she'd been away. But when they passed through King's Meadow a little better than an hour later, she smiled and said, This place hasn't changed all that much, has it? You might be surprised. New library, new schools, new houses. We even have a couple of subdivisions. More changes than you'd think. He glanced at his passenger. Anna.